Kevin and Lizzie chat about life, season two. Welcome back, everybody, to Lizzie and Kevin chat about life. Hi, thanks for being here. We're grateful for your listenership. Absolutely. We're grateful for your reviews on Apple Podcasts. We're grateful for your listens, for your follows, for your comments. We love them all. Well, that's not entirely true. I got on our podcast page today to look back to see if we had covered a certain topic on a previous episode, and the first thing I saw was a pretty nasty negative review. So I don't know that I'm really grateful for that one. I'm grateful for it. It gave me a good laugh. Yeah, I was offended. I didn't laugh. It's okay. Well, we'll. I think we'll overcome it. I should consider the source, I suppose. Consider the source. Podcast Junkie 8892, we do not consider your review as valid. Well, I mean, he's entitled, or she is entitled to his or her opinion, but it no. wasn't very nice. They're not entitled. This person is not entitled to their opinion. I don't, I don't agree with that, no. No, I do. I think everyone's entitled to his or her own opinion, but I do believe there are... How do I want to say? There are respectful ways to give critical feedback. So if there's something that we're doing that you don't like, or perhaps you don't like us, or our political views, which I don't really think we make that widely known on this podcast, but I do think apparently Kevin's Facebook page says a bit about his political views. Yes, and George Soros, if you are listening, please send us some money. I will take your money to advance the liberal agenda. Okay, no, <laughs> that ends there. We're not getting <laughs> political on this podcast. I mean, unless you want to pay me. Anyway, moving on. The, the only reason that we brought that up is because literally right before we started planning this podcast, it... Uh, it became fodder at uh, in our podcast conversation. So, but let's move on. We're here in season two, episode three, and we are in a new podcast studio. We are, and we have two microphones. So we could finish each, each other's sentences, other sandwiches. Yes. <laughs> so before we had to share one mic, and now we're sitting across the table from each other, each with our own mic. And we're not really in a new studio. We're just in the basement which of our house, which is freezing. But that's, uh, that's why we're down here, because Kevin has now claimed the basement space as his, because it's much cooler down here. Last March, when I started working from home and he was home, uh, we could not be in the same office. So I moved to the, to the basement. Uh, let's clarify. I was perfectly content sharing an office with you. You, Lizzie, could not share an office with me. Okay. Let's make that clear. Noted. Point taken. I did not want to share a space with him for the rest of the school year when I was teaching from home. So we moved my stuff to the basement. The basement became my office. I had a space heater, a heated blanket, gloves and I was always very cold our basement's very cold and I was never comfortable and he was always too hot in the upstairs office so we finally made the switch we made the switch and I'm curious what was it that did not allow us to share the same space was it me being too awesome was that th was that the problem 
The music was too good. Sure. <laughs> we'll we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> okay. Sure. So, oh, I we just stepped on each other's words there for a second. That's going to happen. Now that we're two separate mics. Now that we're two separate mics, yeah. That was a nice little segue into what we're going to be talking about this week. Lizzie, go ahead. I don't think it was really a good segue into what we're going to be talking about this week. <laughs> I think it was there was no segue there at all, but let's just segue into our topic. Yeah, this was a request, so we appreciate you out there that are sending us requests. Yes, we do take requests. You can get in touch with us on social media. Or you could leave a review on our Apple Podcast page if you'd like, you know, giving us some ideas of things you'd like us to talk about. Just a reminder, this podcast is classified as mental health, self-help, um, and that's our goal. So when we were talking about what to discuss this week, I, it was really hard for me to get out of Kevin what to talk about. He just wanted to chat. He said, well, the podcast is called Lizzie and Kevin Chat About Life. Let's just chat. Yeah. Like we're doing right now. I know we're chatting, but we're getting to a point. And what I like about our chats is we, we come up with a topic. Most of the time we try to make it something that happened in the week, maybe a group that he ran, maybe something that came up with our friends. And then we tie it into mental health and helping people work through whatever challenge or topic came up. But uh, he really wasn't interested in doing that this week. He just wanted to chat. And I said, maybe I'm wrong. You can let us know. I don't think people just want 20 minutes of us talking about nothing. That's Seinfeld, right? I was right? about to say that Seinfeld made an entire show about nothing. They made millions on talking about nothing. So maybe count, count me as being wrong on this one. Maybe people would love to just hear us chat. But we do have a topic. We do. So we're going to, with that awful segue, we're going to move into our topic, which was requested by a member of the podcast squad. Yes. Shout out. You know who you are. Everybody with the squad in their name is awesome. And yes, podcast junkie, you know who I'm talking about. Anyway, leaving that bad review behind. Podcast squad. One of the topics that they suggested was self-care. And self-care is a buzzword that has been getting thrown around more and more frequently. Treat yourself. Right. If you watch Parks and Rec, treat yourself. <laughs> We're just going to come out with all the references. All the, all the pop culture references. I'm unhinged now that we have two mics. <laughs> um, but anyway, self-care has become very popular. It's almost been part of pop culture itself, right? It's, a, mm -hmm. it's something that people throw around. And we think it's important to really dive into... Well, what is self-care and what right. does self-care look like? And the most important question for me is the why. Why do we need to do self-care? Yeah. And I'll be honest, I never heard of self-care until Kevin started taking uh, classes for his master's degree in counseling. It was never a buzzword in education like it is now. And now it gets thrown around that teachers need to practice self-care. But it was mandated. It's mandated for counselors. Yeah, absolutely. You cannot do your job as a counselor if you do not practice self-care or you will just burn out and fade away. Well, and ethically, right? Like yeah, it's and ethically, if I'm going into a session and I'm exhausted and burned out, I'm not going to be able to provide effective and competent counseling. Absolutely. Yeah, so self-care is more than just a buzzword. It is very 
vitally important to your well-being. Right. So, and, and something that I I say when I'm talking about self-care is, and this was said to me when I was going through uh, migraine treatments, because my self-care is a one of the best, if not the best, prevention for migraine headaches. It was, it was said to me by someone at the Cleveland Clinic that if you don't make time for self-care, you'll end up making time for illness. And people can get migraines for all kinds of reasons. It happens to be, in your case, your mental health and your emotional well-being happens to be one of your biggest triggers or predictors for migraines. Right. And the self-care piece is so important, not only for migraines and for teachers and for counselors, but for everybody. It's it's necessary to be a, a well-rounded, healthy, happy individual. Right. And so we're going to we're going to kind of explore five or six different areas of self-care. And first, I want to sort of say what self-care is not. Does that sound all right, Lizzie? Sure. Let's talk about what it is, what it isn't, and the different areas and how we can practice self-care in those different areas. Yeah. So self-care means taking care of yourself. I bet you didn't guess that. It means taking care of yourself. And it doesn't mean spa day or, hey, let me go treat myself to uh, something really expensive and feel good for today. Could a spa day fit into the overall picture of self-care. Yes, spa day would be an activity of self-care, but in it right. in and of itself is not self-care. Right. Because self-care is not just a one-and-done thing. It's not, hey, I go to the spa today so that the rest of the month I'm going to work my butt off and and not eat right and lack quality sleep. No, self-care is a decision that you make every day. It's a lifestyle. It's not a one and done thing that you're just going to go do one time if that makes sense it does because one spa day isn't going to reverse a month or whatever of burnout right and i we talk about Brene brown a lot but i have a new podcast that i'm listening to um it's called on purpose by jay shetty and he just made a comment um in a previous episode that once you're to the point of burnout it's very hard to get back to healthy. Mm -hmm. And so self-care is going to help you prevent that burnout feeling. Yeah, and self-care can also be the pathway back from that. Once you get too burnout, right? Once you get too burned out, right? And sometimes I qualify that as the energy concept of lacking energy to face each day. So we could look at it as self-care is helping us manage our energy. Yes, in all these different aspects yeah. of our life. Self-care helps us re-energize when we've used up a lot of our energy. Right, because daily life takes a lot of energy and it takes it out of us in multiple ways, which is why we have all of these different, what do we want to call them, facets? Sure, facets Different works. facets of self-care. Yeah, so let's jump into them. We've got the physical self-care facet or category. And with physical self-care... That's pretty much as it sounds. In this area, we focus on eating the right foods, getting quality sleep, getting our exercise, taking care of our physical health. And 
rest is important. So a lot of times we think about physical self-care as exercise, moving our body, which is important, but equally as important is rest and recovery. So give give me an example of that, Lizzie. So, well, when we think about it as far as working out, we should not do high intensity workouts seven days a week and never give our body a chance to recover because in the recoveries is when our body is regenerating those muscles and actually getting stronger. Right. Another facet is, well, what's next on the sheet? Emotional self-care. I I made Lizzie a cheat sheet because of our ever-present, she wants an outline and I just want to wing it uh, debate. So get this. I said, well, how do you know what you're going to say? And I know if you've listened to us since episode one, we had this debate and it's an ongoing debate because sometimes he makes these lovely outlines, sometimes even makes PowerPoint slides for us to follow. And sometimes he just wants to sit down and press record. And I said, how do you know what you're going to talk about? And he said, well, I'll just know when I hit record. And I don't understand how record <laughs> is just some magic button that you hit record and all of a sudden it comes to you. Yeah, it's just an on-off switch, basically. So our brains work differently, as you yeah, can tell. So emotional is next. I wanted to make sure I'm going in line with the, the outline I hastily wrote for you. Emotional self-care, which is taking care of your emotional needs as well as your mental health. Examples of that can be things like going to counseling, maybe having an intimate conversation with a close friend about how you're feeling. It could also be laughing when you know that you're stressed to the max and you just need a good laugh. Maybe it's taking a day off, you know, taking a mental health day from work or from school or saying no to certain obligations that you know are taxing you or wearing you too thin. Yes. And if you do choose to take that day off of work due to mental health, one thing that people need to be mindful of is don't check your work email. Right. Turn your notifications off on your phone. Completely disconnect and do something that's going to bring you joy. Yes. Don't just ruminate on the fact that you're missing out on work and feeling guilty that you're taking care of yourself. Because the thing is, it's not guilty to take care of yourself because most of the time, if not all the times, we're taking care of ourselves so that we can continue to fulfill our obligations and our roles. So sometimes I hear that in this group quite a bit, is that self-care is selfish. It's actually selfless because we're doing self-care so that we can continue to be the contributing member of society that we are, if that makes sense. It's a selfless act that we're doing. Right. So other things you can do to help your mental health or emotional self-care, do things that make you happy. Find a hobby that you enjoy. Participate in um, a social activity that brings you joy. And that kind of gets into social self-care, which is coming up. But sometimes activities blur the lines, right? Yes. One activity that you do could be helping more than one facet of your of your self-care. Yes, that is true. And you I know you kind of said it earlier saying no to an obligation. Now, we're not here to say that that's easy. We know that no. that's not easy that for could, people. And a lot of times we say, wow, that could be a whole that other group. That is a group. whole other group because But there you go. Learning yeah, how to say no. Learning how to is. say no is something that people need to work on. Uh, us included, us included. Absolutely, but but it definitely is a means of self-care. Yes. 
Uh, mental self-care. Let's talk about that real quick. Um, I separate out mental self-care from other things because I think it's important to identify that mental self-care is taking care of your brain. And what I mean by that is maybe doing something like crossword puzzles, Sudoku, reading an interesting book, listening to an engaging podcast, watching a TED Talk, watching a documentary, learning something new that you don't know already. Those kind of things keep our brain sharp and healthy. I know one thing that we do uh, as a friend group is we do things like escape rooms. I think those are great for keeping our brains sharp. Uh, Board games, certain board board games games, that you play. Yeah. So we're not talking when we say mental self-care, not in the realm of mental health that we were just talking yeah, about. But that's your emotional but like self-care. brain health. Right. Brain health. Yeah. We got to keep our brains healthy. And even things like going for a walk is brain is good brain health because the constant repetition of your feet hitting the pavement is going to break up some of that gray matter in the brain that accumulates. But that goes way into brain stuff that we don't need to go into. But so for mental self-care, just find ways to engage your brain. Engage your brain. Yes. Could even be a thoughtful conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Some fel- Maybe some philosophy. Mm-hmm. All right. Next is social self-care. Well, social self-care is a little explanatory because it means being social with others. But I want to bring up something interesting that I talk about when I am addressing social self-care. An example that I'm going to give is I talk to people that struggle a lot with isolation due to depression. And one of the things that we have with isolation is that we really miss out on that social connection that we need to have with others. You know, babies, if they don't have that social connection, will fail to thrive. Humans are social beings. Our our lives are dependent on others. I know that's sometimes a hard pill for people to swallow, but we are dependent on others because we need that social aspect. So sometimes I might talk to people who are isolating, and I'll tell them to go and sit in the mall during a busy hour of the mall. Because even if you're just sitting there around people, you're still gaining energy from that. You might not be talking to them or interacting with them, but you're gaining that some of that social thing that you still need. And if you can still find a mall <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> that I guess has that's people in kind it. Of, kind of a dated reference, but yeah. Well, there are some malls out there. But just going out and being in public is social self-care. Right. So for... This kind of brings to mind a topic that we're going to bring up in a future podcast, which is introverts versus extroverts, which is also um, a topic that was requested. For extroverts, it's easy to find those examples of social interactions that can be self-care, yeah. right? Because extroverts gain their energy from, from people, from being around people, interacting with people. So how can an introvert practice social self-care? You gave the example of just being out in public with people. Mm -hmm. Are there other ways that would be comfortable to an introvert? Well, there could be a way for an introvert if they need, if they've been around people for too long, part of their social self-care might be that they're going to spend an hour to themselves and take maybe a social media hiatus, turn their phone off, and kind of just be with themselves. And that can be an aspect of social self-care because we're taking care of that social piece. Right, because sometimes introverts need to be alone to recharge, Yeah. whereas extroverts gain energy from other people. Right. Or right. introverts also know their squad. They know, they know the people that they can be comfortable around. 
that won't tax them socially, but will actually recharge them. Yeah. One of my favorite things to do to recharge, and you know this as being my wife, is I like to play video games while you're doing something on the computer. And we're not really even talking. We're just existing in the same room. And sometimes that's enough social self-care to recharge me. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not talking. We're just kind of existing. And we're both just are. I don't know how else to say that. Right. We just are. All right. What's next? Spiritual self-care. So spiritual self-care means taking care of our human spirit. And that does not mean organized religion. It can mean organized religion, but I'm not specifically calling out organized religion as the key to spiritual self-care. Something for me that's very spiritual is going to a rock and roll concert. Something that's very spiritual for me is putting on a Bruce Springsteen concert on YouTube and jamming out on my guitar. That's a spiritual thing to, for me. That that music, that connection, that humanness, that human nature. That's funny you say that because I just read a book about Carlos Santana. Mm-hmm. And in the book he discussed how the way that he played the guitar and the way that he rocked out in his rock and roll was a spiritual experience yeah. for him. Oh, for sure. And if anybody out there is a, like a Bruce Springsteen fan, they they know what I'm talking about with that spiritual aspect. Or the people at Woodstock. Yeah. He did, he talked about Woodstock in the book. Yeah. There's also things like praying, meditating, spending time in nature. Something That's something that's very spiritual for me mm-hmm. is finding a favorite spot in nature that brings me peace mm-hmm. and where I can just be present. Mm-hmm. I know that you used to like to have a spot to just sit and look. Yeah, I don't have that spot anymore. That was at my Grammy's house. Mm-hmm. But uh, I called that my favorite place in the world. There was, a, there was a big boulder up on a hill that looked over her entire property. And um, that was a very spiritual experience for me. Yes. Just to, to sit there and to, to take it in. Yes. Sitting with some introspection, some reflection. And like I said, it it can be organized religion, like going to church, going to temple, participating in a community aspect like that. Volunteering can be spiritual. Spending time helping others can be spiritual as well. The last aspect that I think we have is professional. Yes, I am correct. It is professional. So professional self-care is a really interesting topic because I don't think it gets talked about a whole lot. No, we don't hear about this. Usually... People think, well, I need self-care because of the craziness that my job is, right? That, yeah. That my work stresses me out so much that I need all these other aspects of self-care. Right. But what if there was things you could do at work while you're working that would de-stress you? That could be professional self-care. But it could also be, and if for me this is professional self-care, listening to a new lecture on mental health that's fulfilling some of that professional role that I have. Um, But professional self-care is such an interesting thing. Like I said, it doesn't get talked about that much. It could mean being assertive and saying no to a boss that keeps putting more responsibilities on you. So, right, advocating for yourself, like knowing where your boundaries are. Mm -hmm. Taking a break during work what's the what's the figure you just gave me from jay shetty's podcast right jay shetty on purpose another this was a different episode 
Um, no, actually, it was the same episode because he was talking about burnout and he was discussing how frequently when we are at work, we should take breaks. Now, depending on the job you have, this could work with your schedule or it might not. As a teacher, you know, our our day is dictated by the by the bell schedule. But if you have a desk job or, you know, some other job where you have flexibility, he said every hour we should be taking a five minute break. And during those five minutes, it you should be doing, I think he said the three W's, walking, water, you know, hydrating, and watching something. Like if you stare at a computer screen all day, look at something in the distance, look out the window, find a bird, look at the trees, look at the clouds, just kind of be present with nature. Mm-hmm. So that's every five, every hour, five minutes, every four hours, you should take a 15 minute break. You should always try to give yourself an uninterrupted lunch, which doesn't mean I'm going to eat lunch at my desk while I'm trying to answer emails while I'm scrolling social media. Like uninterrupted means being present. And then he even expanded it to the weekends. You should have one weekend a month where you're not over scheduling yourself because you need that time to recharge. Mm-hmm. And then every three months you should try to take a three-day weekend and give yourself one shortened work week. So anyway, you can listen to his podcast and he goes into more detail, but it all comes back to the idea of breaks don't make us less productive. No, rest equals productivity. And rest is the catalyst for being more productive. Absolutely. Yeah. So you so you can't say, well, I don't have time to take breaks. Well, you make the time for breaks so that you can be more productive in the other times. Yeah, because I might not be making time to take breaks, but I might be making time to fix errors I made because I was burned out and because I didn't take a break. Exactly. Yeah, there's this weird cultural norm in America about like working 60 hours a week is something to be proud of, and it's sort of something that makes me sad to think about because I want people to be able to take care of themselves, and that's not taking care of yourself. Right, and you know, I'm not going to say that I've never done that. And, uh, you know, as there's lots of professions out there that people could say, well, I've got so much work on my plate, how do I not work that much? But we need to learn to be mindful about the breaks that we're taking. We need to be mindful of our self-care. And, you know, as we're talking professional self-care, this is definitely an area. Yeah. That and, and we need to be mindful to of about. the expectations we set for ourselves of perfection. Right. That as exists in the workplace, well, I, I have to take great care and time to be perfect. Right. And a thing that one of your favorite people, Angela Watson, talked about, Lizzie, was you're, you know your standards are too high if you relax your standards a little bit and still nobody else and notices. Nobody notices. Yeah. So for all you teachers that are out there, I, I'm sure in some podcast I have quoted Angela Watson, but if I haven't, she is the... She's just the guru in teacher productivity and all things, what do I want to say? Time management. Time management, all that yeah. that kind of thing. She yeah. does a program called the 40-Hour Teacher Work Week, you know, trying to get teachers to learn effective time management skills to not feel like we're working all the time. And Kevin uses, you know, I, I, I learn from her and I share with Kevin. And, you know, even if you're not a teacher, you can use a lot of her materials. So. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Uh, I was going to try not to say absolutely so much this podcast. That's and okay. It just I think came that might have been the first time. It just came through. Alternatively, though, as before we finish up professional self-care, another part of professional self-care, so we're telling you to take breaks and to learn to say no, but maybe you take on something that challenges you or that you find really interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, So you don't necessarily have to say no to everything, but if there's a new project that, that will give you energy that you're excited to work on, or you know, there's a new committee that you really want to serve on. Mm-hmm. Those are ways that you can practice professional self care. Yeah, there's you know we talked earlier about trouble saying no. There, I've also met people that have trouble saying yes, and that includes at work. You know, if you're feeling like your job's stale, ask for more. There's always room for that, and there's always employers looking for employees to take initiative. And like we said, we're doing we're talking about doing it within the boundaries of what you know you can handle. But sometimes we think we can't handle more when we really can if we just try. And I know that's true for myself as well. That comes into self-confidence. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so finally, to close out professional self-care, we're just we're advocating that you find balance. Yes. And and I think that's a lifelong pursuit. That's not something that you can just stumble upon. It it takes work. And it takes insight, and that's what the self-care concept, these different facets sort of come from, is having some insight about which area you might be lacking in, in terms of that self-care. Maybe you're putting all your eggs into one basket, such as, all right, I'm stressed, so every time I'm stressed, I'm going to just exercise. But I'm not journaling. I'm not having intimate conversations with friends. I'm not learning new things about work. I'm not spending time in nature. I'm just exercising. So I'm not a financial person, but let's diversify your portfolio. There you go. Let's diversify the portfolio. Of self-care. That reminds me of that one episode of the Dave Chappelle show where the Wu-Tang Clan, I can't even get into it because it's not, it's, it's, our podcast is G-rated, and is when you G-rated. bring up I, Dave Chappelle, that, yeah, that okay. takes us into I won't go into it, territory just, we probably can't go to. I'll just say that they do a, uh, a draft of people, and um, the Wu-Tang Clan reminds everybody to diversify their portfolios. So diversify your, your self-care portfolio. And I think Lizzie's doing something fun over the next couple days or... Two weeks, maybe. Yeah. How many days are there? I don't uh, know. I think it's two weeks. So so let me tell you about a couple of things that I want to um, discuss before we get there. So we were talking a lot about work in the professional self-care. Oh, did I jump ahead? Uh, you jumped ahead. I just wanted to say something really quick that the podcast squad um, requested, and it was kind of this big topic about work and home life balance and how do we deal with overwhelm? How do we normalize slowing down? And I think we're gonna we're gonna touch upon that. There's a lot to unpack when we t- w- started talking about professional self care. Yes, yes, there is. So if that was something that piqued your interest and you'd like to know more about, uh, stay tuned. That'll be coming. Uh, that'll be coming in the future. Yeah. What did you say that last thing was? Um, I said normalize slowing down. Normalize slowing down. In a lot of cultures, you said it. I mean, you just said it right there. Yeah, in a, the American culture, that's not that's not really like you said earlier. You know, s- sometimes we think, oh, working sixty hours. You know, I'm I'm in the grind. I'm. It's what we should be doing. But in in certain cultures, and and 
not to name drop Jay Shetty again, but he talked in his podcast about how the the average American worker doesn't even take all of their vacation days that are allotted to them, whereas y- Europeans look at the number of vacation days we get and they they balk. They're like, you know, they they are mindful about taking their vacation, whereas here in America we don't even take all the vacation that we can. Yeah, I, I mean, it, I think that. It, the, some of the culture that America has plays into that, that work, work, work mentality and that, and also that shame of people that don't work as hard or don't appear to work as hard plays into that as well. Yeah. Which so we'll get into there's in a like, lot, there's a lot yeah. to unpack there. And I think, I, I think that we can really delve in and, and touch upon some things that. Yeah. And I think I'm probably going to give podcast junkie a lot of more stuff to be mad at because I'm going to have some stuff there that, yeah, kind of go contradictory to America. Okay, let's not let's not alienate all of our listeners. Just one. So, um, Kevin was d- alluding to a a challenge that I'm going to be participating in, and it's called the Sensational Summer Self Care Challenge, and it is being started by a friend of mine named Annabelle. She is known as La Maestra Loca. She's a Spanish teacher. And La maestra loca. <laughs> please forgive Kevin's Spanish <laughs> pronunciation. Um, so she is a Spanish teacher, and she does... Um, w- we have what's called a, a PLC, a professional learning community, um, where she brings together uh, Spanish teachers, and we talk about all kinds of different things. We talk about teaching, but we also talk about self-care and work-life balance and a lot of things we're discussing here. So she put together the self-care challenge, and it's not just for teachers, even though she's a teacher. Anyone can participate, and we're going to put a link to it in the show notes. We're also going to put a link to this um, self-care assessment that you can take to kind of determine where do, where are you doing really well with self-care, where are you falling short, where can you improve. Um, yeah. So you can find that in the show notes. And we're also going to put in a self-care bingo that will be fun for you to fill out. So we're going to do more with the show notes aspect. Yes. So shout out forward. to uh, Joni, a member of the podcast squad. I was having a conversation with her and she was you know, asking uh, a question about something we had talked about on a previous podcast and I sent her a picture of our notes and then I thought, why don't we just include the notes for yeah. everybody? Yeah, so we'll, we're going to start putting those in the show notes. So if you have you know, uh, something that we've referenced and you're like, hey, I wonder where I can find that resource. Check the show notes. It'll probably be there. Moving forward, yeah. Moving forward. So anyway, this Sensational Summer Self-Care Challenge is just a different challenge every day um, from June 21st through July 4th. And they fit the different categories of self-care that we discussed. Um, So for example, on one day, the challenge is to go take a walk and take a picture of something that you saw. Another challenge is to take time to make something or go for a drive or pick up a hobby that you haven't had for a while. Go out with friends. So those are just some ideas. So as you can see, those fit all kinds of different categories of self-care that we discussed. And I think there's a hashtag that you're supposed to use. It's a social media thing. If you want to see what other people are doing, uh, the hashtag is Sensational Summer 2021. Uh, And speaking of social media... As one of my ways of social self-care this week, I guess I could say, is yeah. I am taking a social media hiatus. Annabelle, the friend that I'm discussing here, uh, went away 
to Oregon with her family for a week and she stayed off social media and she said that it was rejuvenating and that it felt really good and she challenged us to try it. And so I'm going to go this week, no social media. Awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Any time that I would normally kind of just pick up my phone and scroll Facebook, you know, standing in the grocery line or first thing when I wake up, I'm going to challenge myself to read instead. So I'm always going to have a book with me. And I also have a book on my phone. So no excuses. Okay. Thank you for that information, Lizzie. We're going to get out of here with that thought. Yeah, we were kind of rambly today, but that's okay. That's Kevin's style. <laughs> so in the end, <laughs> in the end, Kevin won. Wow. That's rare. All right. Mark this down. Don't wreck your car if you're listening to this while you're driving. What, what Say that again. Kevin won. I uh, wanted wow. I wanted to know where we were headed before we hit record. He gave me a hastily scrawled outline on the back of a piece that of paper. That has like 10 words on it. And um, <laughs> we rambled our way through this one. So, hey, if that's your style, then here you go. It worked. We got it done. So, you just anyway, have to trust me. Our thought for the week is find an aspect of your life where you could improve your self-care. And we challenge you to think of and implement one of the ways we discussed or come up with your own that will help one of your facets of self-care. Yes. Self-care. Self-care is not selfish. It is not. It is selfless. Please take care of yourself because everybody needs it. And you're worth it. And you have time. You have to make time. Yeah. Everybody is the same amount. Sometimes we wish you had more. I know. All right. With that, we are out of here. Thanks for listening. If you stuck with us through this whole thing, thank you. And we will see you next week. And George Soros, you can make that check out okay, to cash. Okay, that's enough. End podcast now. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>